Hope you had a great, warm week. I want to thank Pastor Derek for giving me a couple, couple days off. I get to go on a quick canoeing trip with my brothers, uh, which was amazing to spend time with them. Um, please keep Pastor Derek in our, our Largo sister campus in your prayers. I don't know if you know this, but Pastor Derek, after preaching on Sunday, jumped on a plane and flew to Ohio. Whew, Ohio in the summer. Sounds amazing. Uh, his step-grandfather had passed away, and so he flew out there to go to the funeral and, uh, you know, get some things straight for his grandmother, because she's been married to the same gentleman for about 20 years now, and so he, they're kind of working through who's going to take care of what, and, you know, the home and all that stuff, so please keep him in your prayers this week as, as the family is kind of working through uh, some of that. Keep our Largo campus uh, in your prayers as well. There's lots of situations that are going down there uh, to where we have to make some, some decisions. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, the church actually built a, a huge building that the church is in now, but there's also a smaller building that has classrooms in it, and it used to be the, the, the sanctuary, etc., etc. Well, we rent that out to a, to a school down there called Plato, so we've got to make some decisions on that, so please uh, be praying with us for that as well, and they're praying for us as well, amen, for the things that are going on here at our campus, and it, uh, I got to spend uh, a quick couple days down there uh, last Sunday, two Sundays ago, uh, and hang out with the, with, the, with the members that are down there, great, great people of God who are praying for us as well, amen. So today we're going to do our second part of the praise of his glory. If you did not see the first part that Pastor Derek did last week, I encourage you, jump online. Uh, I watched that uh, yesterday afternoon. Uh, it was a little hot here, so I went down to the basement where it was nice and cool and watched that. Great, great message on praise and thanksgiving. Now that's what we should be doing, not just as a body, but as individuals. We should be spending our time in praise and thanksgiving to our Heavenly Father. You may say, you know, I, I don't have anything to be thankful for. I don't have anything to, to praise Him for. And let me just assure you, we're going to look at today, you do. Amen. We of all the, all the people in the world should be the most thankful because of the promises that have been made to us by God. Amen. And we're going to look at that here in a moment. Pastor Derek talked about uh, that everything is for the praise of His glory. Not for us, but for the praise of His glory. It's the reason why He created us, for fellowship with Him and to, and to praise Him. So that should be what our life is spent doing, is praising, honoring, and giving thanksgiving to Him. Here's what it says in 2, Corinthians, uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 5. It says, Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and the singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For He is good, for His mercy endures forever that the house, the house of the Lord, was filled with a cloud. That cloud is called the Shekinah glory. So if we want to see the Shekinah glory, which can happen in your basement, can happen in your prayer closet, it can happen here at our church, we have to spend our time praising 
and giving thanksgiving to our God. It's the only way that God's presence will fall down upon us is by praising Him. By saying He is good for His mercy endures forever. Here's what I wrote. You know, we are a blessed people. Do you know why? Because we get what we don't deserve. Amen. And we don't get what we do deserve. I don't know about your life, but I am extremely excited that I do not get what I deserved in life. Amen? And you don't have to raise your hand. I'll raise it for you. Amen? And I'm pretty excited that I get to live in God's grace and mercy for something that I definitely don't deserve. Amen? So He is good, and His mercy does endure forever. Amen? So this morning, I want to Look at being thankful. You know, thankfulness is usually associated with getting something and showing your appreciation for it. But the principle that God wants us to understand is that it goes deeper than a moment of appreciation. It's meant to be our Christian lifestyle to be thankful. Thankful for what we have, and thankful for even what we don't have. Amen? Anybody ever, man, you wanted something so bad, you worked so hard to get it, you couldn't wait to get it, and then when you got it, you're like, this ain't as good as what I thought it would be. Anybody done that other than me? It's okay to be thankful for what you have and to be thankful for, for what you don't have, and I'm going to look at that here in a moment. It's a deeper deeper than just a moment of appreciation. It's meant to be our lifestyle, the way that we walk out this life. It should be part of, like Forrest Gump said, goes together like peas and carrots, amen? Like peanut butter and jelly. It should just be part of us. It It should be who we are. To be filled with praise and thankfulness for what our God has given to us and has not given to us. Amen. First of all, thankfulness is an attribute. What is an attribute? An attribute is a quality or feature regarding a characteristic or inherent part of someone or something. It's the main part of. It's the main piece of. It's what it's really made of. And thankfulness should be that main part of us. It should be everything else should revolve around us being full of praise and thanksgiving. It should be the main part of who we are in our daily walk, in our life, day in and day out. see, society today is not thankful for what they have. They're unthankful for what they don't have. Amen? So my first point is, don't be unthankful. You ever been around those people that are unthankful? You could do something amazing for them, and they're just not thankful for it. It makes you think, man, I'm not doing that again. I'm not going out of my way to help them again. How do you think God feels about that? 
I think God thinks, man, look at all the things that have, amazing things that are going on in their life. And they're not thankful for that. They're unthankful for what they don't have. Here's what 2 Timothy says. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Pastor Derek talked about this last week, is that if you read the, the Bible, it doesn't get better from here, amen? We want it to get better. We're going to do everything we can to get that Rubik's Cube to fit just right, to get it better for us, but it's not going to get better. In the last days, perilous times will come, for men will be, now just check this out, see if this is happening anywhere in society. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders without self-control. Brutal, despisers of good. Has anyone seen anything like that on the news lately? Or is it just the channel that I watch? You see, it says that in the last days there will be perilous times. And here's what it looks like. So I want to say, don't be unthankful for what you don't have. Be thankful for what you do have. Enjoy what you have. Thank God for what you have. Treasure what you have. You know, an unthankful attitude, it's really repelling. It's just unattractive. We've all met someone like that. You give them something, and please and thank you seems to be the last words that come out of their mouth. We've been trying to teach Liam that, uh, my grandson, about please and thank you. He doesn't understand the concept, so he'll say, what do you say? And he'll say, please, when I've already given it to him. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 you're supposed to say thank you. So he's hilarious. Kids and adults can show this unthankful attitude. We've all seen people that were very ungrateful for things that were done for them and given to them. They almost approach life with an entitlement mentality. Like everyone owes them. Now I know that doesn't happen in the circles you run in. But it's out there. Here's what Paul said. Paul could have been unthankful. 2 Corinthians 4 it says, We were perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Paul said, listen, we, we ran into some problems. We were definitely perplexed. We didn't know how God was going to work it out. But we were not in despair. See, he wasn't unthankful for what he didn't have. He was thankful for what he did have. He said, we were persecuted. Persecuted. But God never forsake us. God was always there watching over us. He said, man, we've been struck down. We've been in some hard places. 
But you know, we were never destroyed. Notice how he wasn't unthankful for what he didn't have. He was thankful for what he did have. You ever heard the story of the little boy who hollered at his mom? Mom, give me an orange. She brings him an orange. She says, would you like to say anything? He says, yeah, will you peel it? See, he didn't understand about please and thank you, about being thankful for what you have. Here's what Ecclesiastes says. Here's why I think so many people are, are unthankful. Ecclesiastes 4.6 says, Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. See, on one, hand, on one side, like, man, I've got one hand, but I really want two hands. So on this side, they're not thankful for what they have. They're unthankful for what they don't have. But what they realize is that they can have tranquility with just this handful. And yet when they get two handfuls, they're not happy with that either. Because there's, there's toil and there's misery in it. And I think we as a society have been taught to chase after the two handfuls. Get everything you can. Go for the gusto. And I haven't heard that phrase in a while. Right? Get everything you can. And then you find out that you're just, you're always chasing after the wind. When is enough enough? Instead of just being thankful for what God, God's blessed us with. It, it is true that with one handful and having tranquility, it's so much better than having two handfuls and having toil. Anybody toiled over getting two handfuls? That's an old word, toiled. Ever worked your tail off to get that second handful and then you realize, man, this is not as good as what I thought it was. It's being unthankful for what you don't have instead of thankful for what you do have. But the attribute of thankfulness can be built within your life. You just have to choose what you want in life. Do you want toil? Or do you want the one handful and to be thankful for that? Here's the way you can choose thankfulness. You can build it by just being thankful. Being thankful for what you have. Being thankful for where you're at in life. Thanking God for the things that He's blessed you with instead of chasing over all the other things. And that happens because of commercials, trying to keep up with the, with the Joneses, peer pressure, whatever it is. You run into so many issues because you can't be thankful for what you have. Here's what First Thessalonians says. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. To be thankful in all circumstances. Now let me just say, that's easier said than done. Because I've been in some circumstances and it was hard to be thankful, amen? Anybody ever been there before? 
You get in those circumstances, you're like, man, how can I be thankful in this, God? What's going on? Because when you're in the heat of the moment, it's hard. But six months, a year, a decade down the road, you're like, wow, I came through that. God was watching over me. God was protecting me. And I can be, I can be thankful for the things that I made it through, amen? Do you know, who's familiar with Hebrews chapter 11? Chapter of the heroes of faith. Talks about Abel, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Jacob. Here's what it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen things far off, they had joy. You see, all of those great Old Testament saints... They never received the promise that we have. So if you're like, I, I don't have anything to be thankful for, be thankful that you have received the promise. The promise that God had, had given through all of those books of the Old Testament. The Old Testament saints were longing for the promises. They had heard about them. They had been spoken, passed down from generation to generation. Yet it says that they died in faith. Why? Because they did not receive the promise like we have as believers today. So if you're like, man, my life is messed up. I don't have anything to be thankful for. Be thankful that you received the promise. The promise that God is moving and making you better than you can ever imagine. A new creation in Christ Jesus is what it says. That's the promise that you can walk in and live in every day. You know, you've got to build a habit of thankfulness by saying it out loud. As we say, use your words. It's okay to speak out loud about the goodness and the mercies and the, the grace that God has shown you. Get it out your mouth. Practice using your words of, of praise and thankfulness toward God by speaking thankfulness out loud to God and to others. It's okay to smile every once in a while. Now, when I say that to you, I'm really saying it to me, amen? See, get in the habit of praising Him. Get in the habit of thanking Him. I've got a friend, uh, when, when she, feels, she feels like, you know, she's got a cold or something going on, uh, she'll, you know, pray, God, you know, protect me, watch over me, et cetera, et cetera. And I'll say, well, you still got sick. And she goes, yeah, but you know what it could have been had I not prayed? That's thankfulness, amen? She's always said, it could have been worse. God protected me, and I ended up with a little cold. Do you know where I could have been? If I had a not prayed about it and believed God for it, that is an attitude of thankfulness. Number two, tell a thankful story. When was the last time you told of God's mercy and goodness in your life? Gave Him praise and thankfulness 
for where you're at, for where you're walking, for where he's pulled you through. Even if you're in the midst of the worst situation that you ever, ever be in, he's already pulled you through something in your life, amen? He's, always, he's already pulled you through some situation. Give him praise for it. Give him thanksgiving for it. Use your words. Pastor Derek talks all the time about telling your story. Telling your story. Why? Because it strengthens and it encourages other people. Because they just may be in the midst of what you just came through. And your story, your praise and thanksgiving of God may just propel them through this into something amazing that God wants to do in their life. You don't know where that other person is at right now. And they need to hear your story. Your story of when things went bad. Your story of how God pulled you through to get you where you are now. Back when Kelly and I first started in church on Sunday evenings, you'd have testimonies. Anybody remember those in church? Now, we just don't hand the microphone to anybody anymore. But let me tell you something. The first service we went to uh, as new believers, they're like, hey, we have service on Sunday evenings. I'm like, oh, okay, we'll come. Yeah, I, I didn't have anything going on. Uh, so we, we come to church, and they had testimonies. You know, four or five people talk about what God had done in their life. And I remember on the way home, I told Kelly, can God really do those kind of things? And she goes, well, they, they, he did it in, in their life. I'm like, then I bet you he can do it in ours as well. Amen? Share your story. Share your story so that people know that no matter where they're at, God wants to move them into something better in their life. Because you just don't know you just don't know where that person is right now. You should tell a story of God's goodness, God good, God's goodness and love. Here's what it says in Corinthians. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Again, we get what we don't deserve and we don't get what we do deserve. Tell Tell your story about God's goodness in your life, about God's love in your life. You know, include some of the gory details about some bad decisions, about your ignorance, about bullheadedness. Man, I've got some stories about that stuff. Where you do everything you can to run the opposite direction of the way God wants you to go. And yet through His goodness mercy, and love, He pulls you through it. That's part of praise and thanksgiving. Sharing your story of what God's done miraculously in your life. 
to pull you out of maybe the worst place you've ever been. And I've been in those situations. So I want to tell you about his mercy and his, his love in my life. Uh, you may not know this. I, I lost my parents in back-to-back year, back -back years, 96 and 97. And I was not a happy camper. I was not happy with God. Uh, I blamed him for it, of course, you know, because we want to be in control. And when we're not in control, right, we have to blame someone. And so I, I blamed God for it. It wasn't his fault at all, right? I know that now that I've grown up some. But in those times of struggling, Spending quiet time. Why? Why, God? I don't understand. Why? It was his goodness and love that just kept pouring out. Listen, it's my goodness and love. And he just kept pouring it out into every bad situation I tried to put myself in. It was his goodness and love that just poured out over me. Poured out over every situation, every bad situation that I put myself into. It says, surely his goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's a promise. Live in that promise of his goodness and his love. Amen? Share your story. Share it with the next generation. Share it with this generation. Share it with your generation. Share it at school. Share it at home. Share it everywhere so that people know about his goodness and love that are just swelling up in your life. Number two, talk about his marvelous works, the great works that he's done in your life. Here's what Psalm says. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will declare all your marvelous works. What are those marvelous works that you can tell a story about? I promise you, it will strengthen and encourage someone else. So I'm going to share a, share a story about God's marvelous works in my life. Uh, when I was five or six, I don't remember, I was a kid, uh, I had, man, some stomach issues, phew, it was bad, uh, they kept taking me to the doctor, doctors couldn't figure it out, they had to put me on the brat diet, not that I wasn't a brat, but that's something different, right, so they put me on the brat diet, and man, I couldn't eat anything spicy, I, I, I still don't like spaghetti and meatballs, because I could never eat it as a kid, uh, you know, when our baseball team would win, you always go to uh, pizza, and if you're from Southern California, you always go to Shakey's. Shakey's Pizza. Couldn't eat pizza. Couldn't have anything spicy. Nothing like that. So uh, we finally went to a specialist, and I had to drink this nasty white chalky stuff. It's called barium. Anybody know what that is? It's amazing. If you want to lose weight, start, make that your diet, because you'll never eat or drink anything. So I had, to, I had to go through all these tests, five or six tests. Uh, they put me in the hospital, had to drink this barium, and the doctor comes back and goes, we don't understand this, but at like six years old, he has an ulcer. And my dad's like, well, what has he got to worry about? He's only six years old. Okay, pops, right? Uh, but something was going on in, in my body, just not good things, and so 
Uh, they put me on some medicine, and, and as a kid, uh, one of my favorite pitchers as a kid used to lean over like this when he'd throw. So whenever I'd lean over like this pitching, uh, my, my mom would like, something's wrong with his stomach. They'd stop the game, and they'd pull me off. I'm like, there's nothing wrong. That's how Mike Marshall pitches, so I like to pitch like this, right? So I, I dealt with that my, you know, for many, many years. Uh, by junior high, they had put me on a medicine called Tagament, if you've heard of that. Uh, you know, it's kind of relieved that stuff. Couldn't have anything spicy, just kind of a bland diet, nothing really exciting. We were at church, church one evening, and uh, service was over. It was a Sunday night service, and our pastor at the time sat down, and we were just kind of talking, and, and uh, I, was, I was new, you know, to, to the charismatic movement. I grew up in a Wesleyan church, so there wasn't a lot of charismatic things in a Wesleyan church, as you can imagine. And uh, I said, you know, Pastor, can, can God really heal people? I mean, I, I've read it, but can God really do that? He's like, yeah, for sure. I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah. So he prayed for me, and uh, he's like, you know, go and live life. Go eat whatever you want. Now, having a stomach issue your whole life, you just don't start eating jalapenos, right, off the grill just because your pastor says. So, so I told Kelly, well, let's go to dinner tonight, and I'm going to have some chips and salsa and see how I feel. So ate dinner, had a blast, went home. Next morning, I'm like, man, my stomach doesn't hurt. That's kind of weird. So kind of, you know, limped my way through that, you know, building up my faith, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And so now, you know, all these years later, we'll say 20, 20 some years later, dude, I eat jalapenos off the grill. I am not afraid of some chips and salsa, the hot stuff. Uh, I'll, I'll try about anything. And that's a marvelous work in my life. Amen. So I don't know what marvelous work you need God to do in your life, but I can tell you that he can do it. You know why? Because he did it in my life. Amen. Whatever it is, whatever that is, God wants to do a marvelous work in your life. And I give him praise and thanksgiving for what he did. Because doctors couldn't do it. The lady with the issue of blood, she had spent all of her money trying to get healed. All of her money. And all it took was the touch of the hem of Christ's garment changed her life forever. Amen? And he can do the same thing for you. So that's a marvelous work. So talk about God's marvelous works in your life. Whatever's going on, he wants to be part of it. Amen? He wants to be part of it. Last thing is, tell a story about God's transcending peace. It's hard to have peace in today's society. Amen? But you know, God wants his transcending peace to be in your life wherever you're at in your walk with Christ. Tell a story about it. Something amazing that God's done to bring you peace. Here's what it says in Philippians. Do not be anxious for anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding. Let me tell you what that means. You can't figure it out. It's above your pay grade. God's going to do something amazing. He's going to bring a peace that 
When you're around your friends and you're like, yeah, I just have peace in this. I, I, I don't know what's going on, but I just have peace right now. Your friends are going to go, that makes no sense. You're right, it doesn't. But God's involved. We'll guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Here's what transcend means. Beyond or above the range of normal or merely physical human experience. You'll have a peace that you can't explain. That your friends won't understand. Yet there's a peace deep down inside of you. And I assure you, I've had times of stress and anxiety. And occasionally I still do. But I've learned that an attitude of praise and thanksgiving brings God's peace. Amen? You don't have to understand everything. You don't have to understand it. You have to trust that God's involved. In those situations that you're like, man, God, I, I don't know. I, I don't have any of the right answers. Just walk in His peace. You know, I like to know at least a couple steps ahead. But that's not always the way that God's kingdom works, amen? God's kingdom is have faith. Take that step. I got to drive my classic car yesterday for a little bit. And I'm always amazed because you can't steer that thing unless it's moving. And you know, God can't steer you unless you're moving, amen? So just trust in him. And when something amazing happens, where you just have peace in it, tell that story. I just want to share a quick story while he's playing, which is fine. In Acts 21, a prophet came to Paul, took his belt off, and he wrapped his hands up. And he said, to the person who owns this belt, when you get to Jerusalem, the Jews are going to bind up your hands and your feet, and they're going to hand you over to the Gentiles, and you're going to be tried. And so all his friends were like, you can't go. Can't go to Jerusalem. Bad things are going to happen there. A prophet already said it, so don't go. I mean, they were adamant. You cannot go. Something's bad is going to happen. Don't go. Just don't go. You know what he says? He says, don't trouble me with, these, with this weeping. I trust in the calling that Christ has put in me. And no matter what happens to me, it's all in God's hands. That is having a peace that transcends all understanding. And we as believers should be able to live and walk in that peace. Do you remember the story Paul tells where he says, you know, I've been shipwrecked three or four times and I've been beaten four or five times and they've beaten with rods and they stoned me a couple times, been in prison a couple times. 
I mean, he was fulfilling the call that he had from Christ, and yet he just had peace just to walk it out. Just to live that life that God had called him to do with praise and with thanksgiving. Amen? Why don't we stand? I'm going to give you a homework assignment. Who likes homework? I heard that some of the kids are going back to school this week. And the parents said, amen. Amen. Right? So I'm going to give you some homework because I know your kids are going to get homework this week. Spend some time using your words. Giving God praise. Being thankful. Not for what you don't have. But being thankful for what you do have. Amen? Use your words. Say it out loud. Share it with your friends. Share it with your neighbors. Share it with your spouse. Share it with someone. The amazing things that God is doing in your life. Amen? Why don't we pray? Heavenly Father, I give you all the praise, honor, glory. Thank you for what you have blessed my family with. Thank you for what you've blessed this church with. Thank you for what you're doing here and in Largo. Father, we're not going to be unthankful for the things that we don't have. We're going to be thankful for the things that we do have. We don't want to live in in toil. But we want to live in the blessings that you pour out on our lives day in and day out. So I'm going to start this homework assignment by just saying, Father, thank you for what you're doing. We may not see all the steps that you have us going through, but Father God, we trust the process that you are moving us through. We'll take that first step knowing that As your word declares, the steps of a righteous man and woman are ordered of the Lord. But we have to take those steps in you. We're going to walk in faith that you're watching over us, protecting us, keeping us safe. We're going to walk knowing that we have a peace in you. that those around us will not understand. That praise and thanksgiving are attributes of our lives. It's, It's what we should be walking in and living in day in and day out. No matter the situation, we can trust that you are working all things for the good of those who love and trust you. So thank you, Father. Thank you for what you've done in my life, in my family's life. I refuse to be unthankful. 
because I desire for your goodness and mercy to continue to pour out on me, on my family, and on this church body. Lead us and guide us into your goodness. Don't let us put our heels in the sand, pull back on you, because we, we don't know what the next step is, Father. But give us the faith, because you have supplied the promise to take that next step in you, no matter what that next step is, no matter how scary that next step might be. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' precious name, and everyone said, amen and amen. Have a great, great rest of your week.